Man Show. We have a returning guest. He's now he's at Middle Tennessee State University down in Murfreesboro, about 30 miles from Wildwood School, as you guys know, Tennessee State. It's doing only Nick McDevitt on the Boss Man Show. Coach McDevitt, I know you're living in Murfreesboro area, the Nashville metro area. Your family has to be enjoying it, man. We really are. We've uh, been here a couple months now, uh, about two and a half months, and really enjoying getting to know the community and the area and all the people here. It's uh, It's been hectic, uh, but it's it's been great getting to know this place uh, better, better. Now, Coach, you have been at Asheville since 1997, so I know it had to be something really, really special for you to leave Asheville after all these years. So what was it about President McPhee, Chris Massaro, and the Middle Tennessee administration that kind of say it's, it's kind of warn you over, you and your family over, say, hey, it's time to make this move with the Murfreesboro, take over this, this program at Commerce USA here? Well, you just kind of nailed it. Uh, it. It was definitely going to take something special uh, for uh, myself and, and my family and all of us to want to leave Asheville because Asheville is a great place. Uh, the city is, but UNC Asheville as a university is a great place. Uh, where I went to school, it's where a lot of my family went to school. So uh, we knew that if we were ever to leave Asheville, it's going to have to be a great situation. And that's what we found uh, at Middle Tennessee. Uh, from the people and, and uh, you know, President McPhee and Chris Massaro and a lot of the coaches uh, that have been here, the head coaches, when you look around, have been here 10, 12, 15 years. Same thing with the, a lot of the administration here on campus. So we knew that there had to be something special here because the place uh, continues to gain in national recognition and notoriety, not just the basketball program and what Coach Davis and his staff did for uh, 16 years, but also uh, the football program, uh, the, the the women's basketball program. Uh, you, you look at what the university is doing, continues to grow, not only in recognition, but just the footprint as well. Uh, all the things that President McPhee has done. Uh, Murfreesboro as a city is the fastest growing city in the state of Tennessee, one of the top 10 in the country, uh, located just about 25, 30 minutes right outside of Nashville. So the combination of all those things just uh, got uh, our family more and more excited about the opportunity when it arose. So uh, you know, we're we're really lucky and fortunate to be here and uh, join our time and hoping to, to continue to grow this basketball program. Now, as coach, I probably told you this before, coach, but I still have a home in Nashville. So I come up from Atlanta and I come to Murfreesboro. I always see the, a crane of construction going on in some new time <laughs> I come through there. So you're right. It's definitely growing because I remember when Murfreesboro was nothing but just grass and fields. I remember that <laughs> coming down there, dying in 05, 06. I remember those. And now, if we, you look even around the campus, you see construction, you see free paving, you see different things around campus for the students. So in the MTSU, I think it's one of the biggest, probably outside of UT Knoxville and Memphis, the biggest school in Tennessee probably. Is that right, Coach? That's right. We're uh, just over 20,000 students. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the enrollment here at the university has been between twenty and 25,000 uh, for really about the last six, seven, eight years. And so between that and the, the multiple um, undergrad programs, the graduate school opportunities that we have here, uh, the school just uh, continues to grow, like I said earlier, not just in the things that we offer 
and, and the national recognition and notoriety, but uh, we opened up a brand new $150 million science building within the last two years. Uh, There's just $800 million worth of campus uh, construction under President McPhee's watch. So uh, a lot of things going on in this campus. And those are the things like uh, that I said earlier that really excited us that uh, the people that are in place here are doing a great job. It's one thing that if the people that have been in place here have been here for a long time, but the place is stagnant and not growing. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, you look at uh, the athletic department in general uh, or as a whole, uh, they've, they've continued to grow from being a part of the Ohio Valley Conference and then moved into the Sun Belt, then moved into Conference USA and uh, continued to, to try to uh, push the needle and, and push this program as a whole, uh, continue to push it uh, forward. I got two. I got two part two part for you, coach. Think about this, coach. Uh, you, you, it's good when you get a job when a coach left the job in good standing. Like he, Coach Davis left you a great situation, which probably helped you want to come as well. How he built this program all the years. He was in Middle Middle Tennessee, and then you're playing Conference USA, so it's not so much a one B league per se. You can actually get in at large if you, if you play the right schedule. So for you, coach, knowing that hey. I can recruit nationally again because Nate Milton's a national brand now. Also, and also playing at conference now. If you if you, if you miss out on the trans conference championship, you might still have a chance to get in the tournament that way as well. Yeah, and that's some things that we're looking into both with our non-conference schedule uh, and being pretty pretty careful in particular about who we're scheduling there. Which I thought Coach Davison and his staff did a great job, particularly last year. Uh, had one of the top fifteen. Um, you know, strength of schedule, non-conference strength of schedule in the country. Uh, they couldn't have done much more on a scheduling standpoint to to put themselves in position to get an at-large bid. But our league in particular is looking into and did uh, go to a, a strategic scheduling model for our conference games as well, where the top five teams in the league will definitely play each other twice and uh, those second games will come in the last four games of the season. One through five will all play each other in their 15th through 18th games of conference uh, of conference play to do exactly what you just said, to try to give ourselves as a league a better chance of getting an at-large bid to get a second team in the tournament, but to also try to increase uh, the seed line of our automatic qualifier uh, the, the league representative uh, has been somewhere between 12 and uh, 15 over the last five or six years and uh, just trying to look at some creative ways in both non-conference and conference scheduling uh, to try to increase the profile of our uh, individual teams. And now, Coach, non-conference scheduling with Middle Tennessee being in the middle, middle, middle of the state pretty much, you can play Tennessee, Memphis, if they want to play your Tennessee State, Vanderbilt, Lipscomb, Belmont, all within driving distance and get back in the day, and the fans can, can come see you all play. So is that something you're looking into, maybe try to strike up some of those re- re- regional rivalries once more to kind of get that flavor going for that middle Tennessee area, for all of the teams, college schools right there that you can play non-conference, but it may not help you RPI-wise, but just kind of get the rivalries going just for the community at, at large. Yeah, I think, uh, again, you have to to strike a balance of scheduling games that can both help you uh, with with your 
uh, non-conference RPI, but also games that are fun for your fans to watch, places that when you're playing away games that your fans can travel and get to. Uh, and that's really what we're doing uh, this year and want to continue doing as we move forward, playing Vanderbilt, Belmont, Murray State. Uh, Ole Miss is coming up and playing us at uh, Bridgestone Arena in December. Uh, so we're, we're trying to continue the, the – um, you know, playing the, a lot of the local teams. And uh, I just think those are, are games that the fans like them, uh, the alumni, the, the current players, the coaches, administration, uh, those are just fun games to to kind of have bragging rights in your area and at work when you go see uh, your buddies that may have graduated from some of the opposing schools. And, uh, you know, in, in conference play, we do a lot of traveling. You know, we have conference games all the way from Texas to Florida up to West Virginia and everywhere in between. So uh, to get a chance in non-conference play, uh, to, as you said, to be able to get in the bus and go play the game, turn around and come back home, uh, is kind of a welcome break. So uh, we'll, we'll try to find ways to, to, again, strike that balance of, um, you know, playing some nationally recognized opponents and at the same time uh, be able to play some uh, local opponents as well that uh, the fans and everybody else are interested in. Yeah, I wish you all played Georgia Tech or Georgia State coach right in my backyard. <laughs> I know they, 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 they don't want to play you guys. I've already thrown it out there. They, they don't want to play you all. I've already tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, again, those are those are games that uh, we're interested in playing as well. We, we recruit Georgia pretty heavily. Uh, we did at Asheville. Middle Tennessee has done so in the past, and we will continue to do so now that we are here. And uh, being able to, you know, really return some guys that are here that grew up in Georgia and the surrounding area to go back home and play the University of Georgia and play Georgia Tech and perhaps uh, start series, home-and-home series with them, or two-for-one perhaps if if that needs to to happen to get a chance to have those teams come to the Murphy Center and come here to Murfreesboro are uh, games that uh, we're interested in scheduling as well. And, uh, Coach, speaking of recruiting, Coach, now, will you be going to a like, – trying to use all four ways, getting high school guys, JUCOs, transfers, the fifth-year guys maybe, and even an international guy too, if you like, like, like what you see and if it's a good fit for you, or are you going to try to do it, you know, a certain way since you get getting started out there in Murfreesboro down there? No, I think, uh, as you just alluded to, our ability here uh, to go a, a multitude of routes and a lot of different avenues to recruit quality players here is obviously attractive. And one of the things that, that really attracted me uh, to the job as well is that you can continue to build the program in a lot of different ways, uh, whether you need uh, to, to be older faster uh, you're able to do that, whether it be through junior college transfers or grad transfers, uh, you know, to, to be able to go find prep school kids, four-year high school young men, uh, kids that may have to uh, transfer from a high major school and sit out a year and they're eligible, uh, sit one, play two, sit one, play three. Uh, there's just a lot of different ways uh, that you can kind of build your program and build your roster year in and year out here at middle and uh, to have that ability and that flexibility is, is a bonus. And uh, coach, I know you guys are going to four hours this year for his workout time. So will you be more so working on player development or are you just trying to implement some schemes well while trying to develop your players you got and evaluate and tell them you're having your roster as you look forward to building a roster down, down the road? 
Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, you know, we'll probably do a lot of uh, a little bit more scheme, overall scheme stuff this year than uh, that we w- than we would do in most other years. Just because uh, even us as a staff, we're, we're new here. Uh, the players have never uh, played in the system or learned terminology. So uh, things that after a couple of years, your veteran players, your older players. Uh, they've been running those kinds of things and doing those kind of things for two or three years. That's just not the case uh, with our team this year. We'll have three seniors on this year's team, uh, but it will be year one for them uh, in this system. So you're really trying to teach this system uh, to every single person on your team. And so the, the sooner that they get comfortable with that, the better. Uh, At the same time, you do have to continue developing your players as individuals so that their individual skill level uh, is allowed to to really show itself and they're able to perform within the team setting and within the team scheme. And so you're really trying to uh, strike a balance in in teaching your overall system uh, but continue to develop your individual players at the same time. And so, Coach, in doing that – how much are you trying to work on getting them to buy in now and be, be become one with you and the staff? Because I know it's always weird when a coach leaves and you want the guy that recruited them. They kind of always had a semi-wall up towards you. So how are you going to staff going about trying to break down that, that wall and get the guys to buy in and trust you and your staff and know that you, even though you do recruit them, you have, you have the best interest at hand no, no matter what because you're part of this team and you, you now you're, you're the, their, their guy and, and, and they should trust you. Yeah, I think it's just being genuine and and open and, um, you know, being honest with them day in and day out. Uh, You know, I think you have to be yourself. Uh, They're young, but they're not dumb. And so uh, they they can pick up on whether you're you're trying to be something you're not and uh, or someone that you're not. And so that's that's really been my approach uh, from day one here, but also from day one when I got into you know coaching college basketball was uh to to be yourself and uh that's really what we're trying to do I think the guys uh, are really truly bought into what we're doing they they were having fun with what we're doing uh in the spring now at that time you're not facing any adversity either you're not losing games in yeah. April and May and so uh, you know, you, at some point throughout the season, you face a little bit of adversity because perhaps you're not playing as much as you want to, or you went through a, a two or three game losing streak. You know, that's when uh, you have to have everyone bought in, everyone on the same page, everyone's playing for each other, those kinds of things. And that's really what you try to build. Uh, at least that's what we're trying to build uh, backing up to the last week of March uh, when we got here all the way until the second week in November when games start. And so uh, we're kind of in the middle of that process right now. We started summer school Monday, uh, just two days ago. So we're actually having our first workout this afternoon, later on this evening of summer school. And as you mentioned, we they bumped the, the amount of time we can have with them on the floor each week from two hours to four hours. And so we'll have several one to one and a half hour team workouts each week. And uh, during that time, we'll do a lot of team stuff and sprinkle in some individual time to, to develop their skill level. And um, hopefully we can keep building this thing this summer. Coach, I got a couple more for you, Coach. Now, I got to ask you about food. Uh, 
what's been your favorite food spot in Murfreesboro so far or Nashville <laughs> Pier since you've been in town? Hey, I'm telling you, there are so many. I was telling some folks yesterday, I spoke to a group uh, at lunchtime yesterday and told them, uh, I, I think I'm enjoying the food around here a little bit too much. Uh, but there, there are some there are great places in Murfreesboro to go eat. Uh, there really are. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had obviously had uh, a lot of uh, visits over the last couple of months with prospects being on campus. And uh, during their official visits, uh, most of the time you're going out to eat with them and trying to wine and dine them a little bit. So uh, during those visits, particularly, uh, you get a chance to go around town and uh, go to different restaurants. And uh, I don't think I've had a bad meal since I've been over here. So I'm pretty sure you've been to Toots then, Coach. I'm pretty sure of that. Oh, no doubt. Toots, Puckets, uh, yeah, Five Senses, Mimi's, Bar Louie, Jonathan's, uh, you name it, we've been there. Hey, Coach, I love it. Now, I mean, it's been the Jack's Barbecue, Coach. You've been, you've been there before, Coach? Just about every barbecue spot in town uh, we've been to. There's Quick Pig, Mission Barbecue. Uh, Jim and Nick's, we've been all over the place. Coach, when I come to town, we got to get some barbecue, man. <laughs> I love me some Jackson buckets and Jim yeah, and Nick's, man. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We're in the same boat. I love it, man. Hey, when, hey, hey Coach, every time I come to Nashville, I leave back with a bunch of barbecue back to Atlanta with me. Because that's what I take <laughs> back with me. I, I eat barbecue like a whole week, man. A whole week doing barbecue. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm always down for some good barbecue. Hey, Coach, i tell you what, Coach, I'm happy for you at this job. I look forward to coming down here and seeing you guys, man. Especially when I come through town, I'm going to stop by and see you you and Eric and the guys over there, man. See, check check in with you and your team, man. I'm so happy for you, Coach. Look forward to seeing you real soon. You come, you come to Peace Jam, Coach. Hope, hope to have you come down in the studio with us as well, man. That'd be great. Look forward to it. I'll be down there this summer, so we'll get together then. Yes, indeed, Coach. Have a great day. We're going to talk to you real soon, Coach. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service
closely back in the Jared Bossman show. Jared to be joined by the South Dakota Cowboys new head coach. He used to play there as alma mater, Coach Todd Lee. Coach Lee, how is it to be back at your alma mater after all these years away in your coaching career, man? He brings you all back full circle once more. Well, it's great. We've seen a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. Now, I came back uh, off and on to visit. Uh, I still have family in South Dakota. My uh, mom lives here, my brother, sister, aunts, uncles, cousins. So to come back and, and see everybody is great. And then uh, got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. Now, I, I came back off and on to visit Coach Boots because he and I are friends, and he was the head coach before Coach Smith. And uh, But it, this place has changed so much. It's beautiful. Uh, they've really done a great job with building up their facilities. We have high major facilities. I've been all over the country, and I've we've got an unbelievable arena with two practice courts and big-time weight room and film room and lounge for our players. They really did it upright. But it is great to be back uh, and see a lot of the people I haven't seen in a long time. Now, Coach, did you ever think about your know, wildest dream, this opportunity to open up for you? I know you are a Grand Canyon. They transitioned into becoming a D1 school. You was a Kentucky Wizard as well. So did you ever think in your wildest dream this opportunity to open up for you where you would get this job, get a chance to lead your alma mater, the place you played, and just so many people, like you said, who know who you know you've seen in years, just to come back and see how they built up this whole the whole program, the facility. So did you just think, like, wow, this is a dream, a dream come true for me? Well, I I hadn't really thought about it. And then when uh, Craig Smith took the Utah State job, um, I know I got a lot of calls from people back here about the opportunity. And then uh, I did, uh, I got a con- in contact with Dave Williams, who's deputy AD in charge of basketball. And he and I actually worked together at Kentucky Wesleyan for a couple of years. So he, he knows me as a coach and person and, We've known each other for a long time, so that was the that was the uh, connection there. We, you know, I've never really been a person that chases jobs or looks for jobs. I was perfectly happy at Grand Canyon. Dan Marley's the head coach, and he and I are very good friends, and we're very successful there. He's a great coach, and I, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then a call came in, and I looked into it and saw what they've done here at South Dakota with the facilities and with the commitment to winning. And uh, the program is on a, a great path. Uh, and so when it came when it came uh, time to talk to South Dakota and the, and the administration, after I met with them, I really was blown away by their commitment to uh, the, the basketball program and putting in the resources. And obviously the facilities are, are big time. So uh, it is – uh, something I hadn't really thought about, but once I met with them and talked to them, it was something I couldn't pass up. Now, Coach, uh, I want to ask you this question because you just coached both levels. Uh, what's the big difference between coaching in Division Two versus coaching in Division One? Are there different rules for recruiting, roster size, budget? So you could just share with listeners how kind of the difference between coaching D2 versus coaching in D1. Well, Division Two, you have 10 scholarships sometimes they break it up in different ways but if you're fully funded you have 10 scholarships division one you have 13 uh division one you can't break up scholarships meaning you if you give somebody a dollar you're giving them a full scholarship at division one so you either have 13 full scholarships and then your your other players are walk-ons division two you can break it up um 
there's different rules academically for who's eligible and who's not eligible. There are players that are eligible at the Division II level that are not eligible at the Division I level. And so you've got to know both of those rules. Um, now, because of that, we I've coached at uh, won a national championship at Cal State Bakersfield uh, with Pat Douglas, uh, and we had a pro on our team, Kibu Stewart, who was drafted uh, right around 30th pick in the NBA draft. Um, and I've had great players wherever I've coached at Division II, uh, Cal State Bakersfield, and then Kentucky Wesleyan. Because of those academic restrictions at times uh, in the transfers, you, you end up with with really good high high quality players uh i would say if you're competing at the top of division two in the top 10 which pretty much we did every year at kentucky wesleyan and bakersfield you're a low to mid-major program um you you can beat a lot of division one programs and so it's uh we we had division one talent up and down our roster kentucky wesleyan we had that at cal state bakersfield and and uh but there are rules, different rules as far as scholarships, different rules as far as academic requirements. And uh, but there's a lot of good players at Division Two, that's for sure. And uh, coach, I'm recruiting here in South Dakota, coach. You're gonna more so target high school guys, transfers, JUCOs, and maybe potentially mix in an international guy to maintain that class balance. A lot of a lot of schools want to have a coach want to have in their program, kind of get the program turned over on its own without having to be very old one year or very young this year, kind of have that good balance of old and young all, all the time. Well, you always want to have a balance if you can, but, um, you know, we'll recruit wherever we can find players. Now we do want to, uh, we do want to recruit this, recruit this region very well. The South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, that area. Um, we want to recruit this area really well. You got to know your backyard. That's the first thing. And number one, to recruit players that you can get number two with the way college basketball is there's over almost a thousand transfers this year 20 percent of rosters are transferring so if, if a young man goes to a minnesota nebraska iowa iowa state and you've recruited them down the road you never know if they will end up transferring so you want to have relationships with them in the future or they remember you recruiting them if they end up uh, leaving the program so we're going to recruit recruit this area really hard and then we are going to recruit the international market and the reason why that is because i've 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 done that in the past we've been successful at grand canyon doing that when i was at uc irvine we had some uh foreign players that very successful getting very good players and when you recruit outside the united states players want to be developed and we're going to be really good at developing players players want coaches and want to come to winning programs they want to come to programs that have great facilities so they can be in the gym a lot get stronger get bigger uh we have all that here and so we're going to recruit internationally and then the transfer market is always something that you have to look at nowadays in college basketball i mean the best programs in the country duke uh just name down the line they're taking fifth year transfers they're taking transfers and so and one of my former coaches, Eric Musselman, who I'm real good friends with, we're still best friends. You can see what he's doing at Nevada with transfers. Mm-hmm. So you've got to uh, look at that market because it's such a big market now in college basketball. So we're going to find players wherever that we can locate them but, and recruit them. But 
we're going to own or try to do the best we can in the backyard near here, but we are going to look overseas. We are going to look at transfers also. Yeah, Coach, I've seen most of this team in Nashville at the NCAA tournament. Uh, that site, them, those two comebacks they had was amazing. I'm like, wow. They, yeah, guys he, he does a great job. And they're going to be better this year than they were last year. They've got, and really because of the transfers, and he does an unbelievable job of, of getting to know those guys and, and uh, identifying them. And when we were in the CBA together, he, he did the same thing because obviously the CBA is a, a transient league. Players are coming and going, and he seemed to know where everybody was in the world playing basketball. And, uh, Coach, uh, when you guys uh, get on the court this summer, are you going to be more trying to implement scheme or it's more so evaluate the guys you have so you kind of see what you have on your roster so you kind of know what you need to do in the fall and in recruiting for 2019 as well? Well, we're going to do a little bit of both. I'm still in the evaluation period, and they're still uh, learning. You know, the tough – we have a we have a really – Really good group of players coming back. Uh, we've got a, a number of players that were here that won, were part of that 26 win team and 22 win team that won the league two years ago in the regular season. So we've got a number of players back, and uh, but they have to learn a new system. So they're they're learning the the system that we're implementing or I'm imp- implementing. We have and all my staff is learning a new system. So the only one who knows it is me, but we're le- we're learning together. So I'm trying to figure out what guys can and cannot do, how how quickly they can learn things, how quickly they can pick things up. I I'm trying to put in not a lot early. I'm trying to evaluate them also as players and trying to see what they can and cannot do because that's very important. And so I don't want to put in too much scheme right now. Um, we're doing a lot of uh, player development. We're, we're putting in some basic schemes. And then I just like to see how guys can learn, uh, how quickly they can pick things up, and uh, and then we can evaluate. That's why I'm trying to evaluate them as players also. Now, Coach, not conference scheduling-wise, Summit League is a, is a pretty well-known league. Uh, are you going to be able to go out and play two-for-ones, not play so many guarantee games, and maybe play in a Zim tournament to kind of get you guys ready for some of the league play because it's very important to, to get you guys kind of prepped uh, for, for that run there in, in January and February and hopefully in the March for you guys? It is. We've got a great tournament in the Bahamas that we're playing some good teams. Uh, we've got, we're going to be down there for six days and part of an MTE. Um, and so we've got uh, we've got a four a four-team group in that, and one of them's High Point. Tubby Smith brings back pretty much everybody. Uh, Air Force is going to be there out of the Mountain West. Uh, we've got a, a really tough schedule early. Uh, we go to Baylor on November 27th, and then we go to Colorado State and Kansas on December 16th and the 18th, so I think Kansas number one in the country. Um, we will get challenged early and often in our in our non-conference schedule. Um, that is the difference. You just mentioned the, the, the mid-majors or the, the uh, uh, high majors that can just buy games and just bring a bunch of teams in and, and play home games. Um, we, uh, we can bring teams in and play here and, and do some of that, but we also go on the road and play some of the high majors to get our kids experience and, uh, have a great atmosphere where we go to Kansas, go to Baylor, 
some some big time places where our guys we've got some kids from Texas on our roster too, so they'll be going back home. And uh, we try to do a, a mix of everything. Obviously, we want to play really good teams at home, but as you know, that it's a challenge to to get good teams to come play you on the road, especially when you've been winning 26, 22 games. You got you know players back. Teams are not real excited to come up to South Dakota and play you. Yeah, coach. I hear it all the time. I'm down visiting Ron Hunter in his office. He always talks about scheduling. So between recruiting and scheduling, it gives me a headache. Keeps me up at night sometimes. And I said, Coach Hunter, nobody, no, nobody wants to play your zone. It's like, that's like a two day prep to play your zone. Nobody hits you your zone on one Exactly. Prep. And if you got, if you have, yeah, if you have good players and you got to play some type of system, you don't want to play it. I mean, it's it it can be. And coaches are honest about it. I mean, you, you know, we're all in the same business. They. They literally, when I was at Grand Canyon, Coach Marley would always joke. He would go sit down next to a coach in the summer, and the first thing, they, they wouldn't even ask him how he is. He's like, no, we're not playing. So the first thing to come out of their mouth is, we're not playing, you guys. And then they would ask how you're doing. So in, when you're in, in the situation where you're a good mid-major program and teams know that, it is really hard to get quality games. It's really hard to especially get quality home games because uh, people just don't want to play you. They just don't want to go on the road. And uh, that's why you see more and more of these MTEs, neutral sites, and uh, these high majors, they very rarely go on the road. They're going to play maybe one road game a year in the pre-conference, and some of them don't play any. You got Got that right, Coach, because I said, I said I've been many a coach office trying to not schedule games. And I just shake my head like, man, look, I, I don't know how you got to do it. But it's it's, 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 it's it's crazy how, you know, you call a guy up, they want to, they don't want to play here, or they'll throw out a number so you so you don't want to, you don't want to buy them either. So it's like, it's like, that's, like I've been in the office right. and seen it. It's like, so I said, man, that's a headache I'm glad I don't have. <laughs> I just get to go cover the game. It is something that the fan, yeah, it's something that the fans of college basketball, you know, don't really know or, or you know, understand or really delve into. They just they see the games and they see teams playing, but if they knew the backstory of how games get scheduled, they'd be like, "That's crazy! I didn't even think about that." But that's it is it is a very hard hard thing to do, and and it's also a and a very time-consuming part of our profession. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I want to close you out this, Coach. Uh, what's your day like, typically, Coach, since you've been the head, back to head coach? I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to come visit, visit you, boosters, meets around campus, community events. So how um, how much how much, how busy are your days these days? Are you working off 10-hour days, or you kind of got it more calm down now? You know, you have a kind of routine, and so you can get home at least an hour these days. Well, and when we – first got here you know there were so many um media um interviews uh whether it was radio or tv or or newspaper and and that's calmed down a little bit uh so that hasn't has calmed down some but still going out to different groups uh, around town in the area and speaking whether it's uh we've got uh and this time of year in south dakota you're playing in golf tournaments you know you're going out and, and raising money and we just had a big one uh, a week ago to raise money for our athletic department. Uh, we're going out to Rapid City in a couple weeks to speak to a alumni booster group and uh, and playing some golf. So we do that a lot. 
I just spoke to uh, local Lions Club. You know, I've been up to Sioux Falls to speak to our uh, booster group, so I've been doing a lot of that. In the meantime, having workouts with our guys because our guys are on campus right now. We're trying to finish up recruiting. We've got four games left to schedule. We've got three players left to sign. So, yeah, it's a it's a whirlwind. Uh, but this time of the, the year, June, is usually a little bit of a downtime. But when you take over a program, um, this is not a time. It's not going to calm down and probably till next next spring sometime. Uh, yeah, Coach, I'm definitely going to be looking out for you guys. I know I, I had a relationship with Coach Smith as well when he was there, but I definitely want to keep it going with you as well, having you on the show, because I, I love your program, what you guys stand for up there. I love the Summit League, basketball is a league, so I definitely keep in contact with your coach, and I'm glad you came on the show for doing it again with you in the, in the fall, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. If you uh, want to talk again in the fall, look forward to it. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. with the South Dakota. Now he's moved to Logan, Utah to the Utah State Aggies. It's the snappy dressing. It's my man Craig Smith. Coach, man! Uh, you got to move on up on me, Coach. The Mountain West Conference doing your thing, man. How I like my thing Logan, man. Man, it's been fantastic, GR. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been a whirlwind the last, uh, I don't know what it's been, 10 weeks or something like that between uh, recruiting and 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 trying to get people excited and getting out and uh, meeting all the fan base and the community of Logan and of course everybody in the athletic department and it's been uh, people have welcomed us with open arms have been so friendly and it's such a passionate uh, fan base it's incredible and so they love us right now Jr but we haven't lost the game so uh, yeah <laughs> uh, we're in good graces but. Uh, but it's been exciting recruiting wise. We're going to have five new players for next year's team. And then you add all the whole AU recruiting scene in April, uh, where you're looking at, you know, 2019 prospects and 2020 and beyond. And, and then not to mention, I'm married uh, with four wonderful kids. And so you're trying to, you know, they're finishing school. You're trying to sell a house in South Dakota and buy a house in, 
in Utah, and so you got all that as well. And the family uh, just got here um, three days ago, so it's great to have everybody uh, back in one, under one roof. And uh, I couldn't be more thrilled to be the men's basketball coach at Utah State University. So, Coach, it tells me before I'm hearing, Coach, 6 to midnight is your schedule each day. 6 a.m. to midnight. It's nowadays for you, Coach. Zal, this is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's been nonstop. I'll tell you, Jared, we, uh, you know, the first, it was kind of like, um, uh, I always remember uh, reading articles about rookies in the NBA, and and they don't know what city they're in, they don't know where they're at, they don't, and there were many times, because when you first get hired, you know, Utah State was kind enough, enough to put uh, myself and our staff in a hotel, you know, room for however long it was, three or four weeks, and, 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 and then you add all the recruiting and where you're at, and you're just like, where am I at again? What hotel am I in again this morning? So you have that whole thing. And then I, we closed on our house. And, um, and of course, my family wasn't here. So I just told our whole staff, like, hey, man, bachelor pad at the Smith. And, uh, but my, my wife was all concerned, like, Craig, you don't, you know, well, I want those bathrooms clean. And you can't just be trash in the house. And, you know, I want the kitchen. Like, Darcy, like, literally, all we do at the apartment or not at the apartment. All we do at the house, because there was no cable TV, no Wi-Fi, no nothing set up, and all we did was sleep on air mattresses and 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 maybe grab a shower in the morning. And it, and it was about 18-hour days on most days. So it's kind of like reliving the college days all over again. But it, it's been so, like I said, it's been so exciting. Um, you know, the people at South Dakota were unbelievable. We obviously had a great run there. Um, um, but now we're on to the Mountain West, and, and you know, I always remember, I said at my press conference, I've always had an eye on this, on this, um, uh, at, on Utah State. I remember when I was an assistant uh, at Colorado State, you know, uh, Utah State was not in the Mountain West at that time. They were still in the WAC. And so when I did a ton of scouts, and, and when I would see, like, UNLV, or um, San Diego State or New Mexico play at Utah State, and I didn't know anything about Utah State, but it was like a big party, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the spectrum, and and we need to get that uh, spectrum magic back. And so it was one of the, you know, since since the year 2000, Utah State has the 15th most wins in the country in Division One men's basketball. And so oh, wow. obviously it's a really difficult place to play. Uh, that was going into this year anyway. I'm not, maybe we're 16 now. but um, And so uh, it's always been a place I really kind of watched, engaged how they did, uh, and just kept an eye on because the spirit and atmosphere at this place is absolutely electric, and they really are passionate and truly care about how the basketball program does. And so, you know, I made the mistake my first time walking into Walmart uh, wearing my Utah State basketball stuff. And, you know, I went in there, and it took about 10 minutes to find what I needed, and it took about 40 minutes to get out of the <laughs> out of the store because everybody kept stopping it. But, but it sure has been exciting. 
I hear that, Coach. Like I said, I hear it in your voice, because I know you love South Dakota. It takes something really special to leave. So when you talk to the administration of Utah State, where they sell you on you and your family on about coming here to opportunity? I know you kept an eye on it yourself, but until you really go and see it for yourself, you really don't know whether you want to make that move or not. But so what was the final deciding factor for you to say, hey, this is the time you make this move. South Dakota's been great to me. Let me go out here in Utah State and help these guys out in Logan and get some of that Aggie magic over here for, for myself and my family. And you're right, Jr. That's exactly right. Now, you know, my when when my wife and I left, when our family left Nebraska, we were in, uh, I was an assistant at University of Nebraska for two years, and we had just come off an NCAA tournament berth, and we were really good, and and I loved it. And and then when South Dakota opened, that was always a place I kind of had my eye on as well, because I was at a a coach at another school in the same league, and they had the same type of deal. And so, I took a. Uh, a big pay cut, quite frankly, to uh, go to South Dakota. And then we got it going. And, and we had really struggled. Uh, you know, it was a struggling program at the time. And we got all of our guys in and we got rolling. And even this past year, uh, our last year at South Dakota, we were as high as number three in the mid-major poll. We were right behind Gonzaga was one, St. Mary's was two, and we were number three. And Nevada was, you know, like six or seven. And I'm not saying we were better than Nevada, but – that shows you the kind of team we had and the respect that we had earned. And, and so I love those, those players in our program and it was a great community, but it was going to have to take a really special situation to leave there. And, and certainly I, I knew the spirit and atmosphere and the rich tradition of excellence um, at Utah state. And then going through the interview process, really getting to know John Hartwell, our athletic director, he and I, just really hit it off um, from the second we got rolling, quite frankly. And Coleman Barnes, one of our associate ADs, was in on that. And, and it was kind of like we were long-lost brothers in a lot of ways. And, and um, you know, we just started chopping it up and talking hoops. And his, his beliefs and my beliefs and his philosophy and my philosophy really aligned in so many ways. And our personalities are very similar in a lot of ways in terms of um, our passion and our excitement um, for basketball and, and the whole thing. And so then, you know, once they flew my wife and I out um, to look and, and, and tour the facilities and the community, it was really a no-brainer. And so we are so thrilled to, to, to be here. And, and we got a lot of work to, in front of us, right? I mean, the Mountain West Conference is one heck of a basketball league. Of course, Amen. Nevada won the – yeah, it's a, it's a great league, and Nevada won the league last year and ended up getting to the Sweet 16. And right now, if you look at most prognostications, um, they're, they're going to be coach. ranked in the top 10. They're going to be really good, uh, ranked in the top 10 and even the top five in some. So we got a lot of work in front of us, but we're excited for the challenge. I love the group of guys we have on board. Now, Coach, speaking of your guys, how much time have you got on the court with your guys, kind of see what you have right now before your five new guys come here to start practicing with the team now? Well, we haven't had a lot of time. Uh, you know, uh, you, we were able to get two weeks. You know, of course, the NCAA limits what you can do um, uh, during the season and out of season. And, and, of course, we were out of season, so we had, we had two hours a week to work with them, and we only had two weeks to work with them because you can't work with the guys – during finals week or the week before finals week. Um, but, you know, I, first of all, I really like the character of our guys. Uh, I think we got a lot of guys um, returning in the program that are team guys that really know how to play. Um, they uh, uh, Most of the guys really fit 
Um, our style of play, you know, I like to, we like to get up and down the floor. Uh, we give the guys a lot of freedom to go make plays. You know, I'm not a, uh, of course we have plays, but we don't have a million of them. And, and some coaches can maybe, I don't know how to, I mean, overdo it sometimes. Yeah, overdo I'm just a big That's believer. And, uh, yeah, there's a, well, you recruit players to go be players. And so we do a lot of skill development. Uh, I don't want our guys to be robots. I want them to be basketball players. And so when you give guys freedom to go make plays, you know, with more freedom comes responsibility. And I think a lot, uh, most of the guys are very skilled. They can make decisions. They can pass and catch. Uh, I feel like we return a good shooting team. Uh, now, some of the numbers don't exactly show that if you're just looking at a numbers page. But with some of the drills that we do with individual skill development, it shows me like, wow, you can be a good shooter. Now you got to do it when the lights are on, but also, you know, just uh, guys got to earn confidence, but there's certainly some things you can do as, as a coach to help promote that, to help facilitate that. And so, um, you know, uh, Sam Merrill's a kid that's got a chance to be really, really special. He's a multidimensional guard at six, four, six, five, that he is an unbelievably pure stroke when he, when he shoots it, his shot, his shot is so soft. You just, you're almost surprised when he misses it. Uh, at the same time, he makes the right play every time. You almost gotta want him to be a little more selfish, if that makes sense. And a guy named Dwayne Brown, who had a solid year last year, I think he's gonna have a uh, take the next step and be a very good player for us. And and Quinn Taylor is a senior that just knows how to play. I think he'll really thrive in our system. So those are kind of the the guys that are a little more proven. And then we got some other guys that uh, a guy like Brock Miller is going to be a true uh, a redshirt freshman for us that I think has incredible upside, um, but he was hurt last year. I could go on and on, but I'm super excited about our team, and and uh, I love the drive and the want. Our guys really want to be good, and so we can't wait to get rolling. Is it November yet? <laughs> uh, hey, Coach, I'm, I'm, coach don't, don't rush that for me, Coach. That means I'm on the road every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. If it's November, you're not on vacation, right? <laughs> you got that. <laughs> now, coach, let me ask you something. So, with you guys been in Utah, so playing fast, would that help people with the altitude? Kind of getting the road teams out of breath, real fast. Your guys used to the altitude and, and the air out there, so you guys can just run them up and down the court and wear them down. So they have win games that way because you wore them down. Well, that's a that's a really good question. I, you know, I don't know if I have the exact answer to that, but on a personal note, you know, I could run like the wind when I was in South Dakota. I got the Utah, and I'm like, oh, my God, I need a respirator like five minutes into the workout because it does make a difference. But I do think that matters, JR. I do think, um, you know, getting up and down the floor, and you, your body gets acclimated, uh, not to get too detailed on you, but they say when you're like we're at just under 5,000 feet. And, and your body, I mean, there's a reason the Olympic Training Center, right, is at altitude in Colorado Springs. And so your body builds up a quart more blood over three weeks being at this, at this altitude. And so um, I do think it's going to matter. Now, a lot of the schools in the Mountain West are at altitude, so it won't affect those schools as much. But, you know, when you go play at sea level and you're used to this, I mean, you just never get tired. And certainly I think that will be a great benefit. Um, for us, especially on our home floor. 
Now, Coach, non-conference scheduling-wise, has to help you out a lot being in the Mountain West Conference because you all want to get a, become a multiple-bid league. So how many is more likely to play you guys since success in the world? They may want to avoid you with the, how Nevada played last year. But I think <laughs> China not having to have guaranteed games, do so many two-for-ones, have to raise money for for the university by playing games, guarantee games. So it has to feel good. You can kind of schedule yourself hard or tough and play some zip, zip tournaments where maybe play the Atlanta tournament out there in the Bahamas or, or play Maui if you can or another zip tournament in Orlando or something. Get you guys some experience that way. And that it's, that's another thing I'm really excited about. It, you know, when you're in the Summit League in South Dakota, you know, you I mean, obviously we always schedule tough. Like, in the, like last year we played at Duke, we played at UCLA, we played at TCU. Had a great chance to win UCLA and TCU. Um, year before we played Gonzaga. We had scheduled Kansas for next year, uh, all being at South Dakota. Now, obviously those schools are paying us to play, but we are, that league, and just like any league, has to be committed to scheduling tough. If, you're, if the bottom four or five teams or whatever just schedule – you know, lightly, then then those are low RPI games when you get into the league. My last year at Colorado State, um, four teams in the Mountain West got into the NCAA tournament, including us at Colorado State uh, as the four seed. And and then the year after we went to Nebraska, five teams in the Mountain West uh, made it to the NCAA tournament. And since then, there's been a bit of a dip. And, and collectively, I love what the Mountain West Conference is doing. They've certainly realized that we got to – uh, amp up some of our non-conference scheduling and and scheduling is always a little bit of a uh you know you just never know from year to year who's going to lose what who's going to grad transfer out who's going to grad transfer in so you have a lot of working pieces there but you do your best uh guess to do that you got to get home games i mean all right teams that win at home usually have you know do well but then you got to have those opportunities to play those nca tournament teams and those high major teams and and, and you just can't afford to make a lot of mistakes. And so uh, that's certainly a, a huge emphasis for our program. Uh, I think that's a major emphasis. Not I think. I know it's a major emphasis for the Mountain West Conference um, to, to kind of keep moving forward. And it's really an exciting time. There's some new coaches here in the league the last couple years that I think are really going to uh, crank it up a bit. But it's a, it's a heck of a league and, and one that I'm definitely very proud to be a part of. Final one for you I got for you, Coach, is food. I got to ask you, Coach, what has been your favorite food spot or two since you've been out there in Logan, man? How's, how's the food, man? Oh, man, it's incredible. And 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 I love food. And uh, and I'm eclectic. I can do it all. Like, I can give me some Mexican. We can get some seafood. Let's get some, uh, uh, of course, just a regular big old steak. You can't go wrong with that. And that was the hardest part, like, like there, I, you know the passion I have for South Dakota and how great it was, but yep. we just didn't have a whole lot of options, and and so I hired you know Austin Hansen and Eric Peterson came out with me as assistants from South Dakota, and, and so of course we're bachelors, so almost every night we're gonna go, not every night I should say, but all right, let's try this place, let's try this place, let's try this place, so we figured out some good places uh, to go, and there's plenty of them for recruits when they come on campus and the whole thing, but. I'm just in heaven just driving down whatever road and finding all these. Uh, now, it might not quite be like Atlanta, but uh, but we're working to get there. <laughs> hey, Coach, me. I'm about the shoulder and the ribs. So I, I got to find some good shoulder and ribs. I got to have that, Coach. I, I had, I had, I don't know what, I don't know, it's going to sound crazy, but I had some meatballs 
uh, the other day, and I, I don't remember how or why I had them, but it had some really good spice to it. And I like a little, give me a little Cajun, a little, give me something with some flavor. You know what I'm saying? Like a little, I need some spicy and change it up. So that's what I, that's my go-to whenever I have a choice. So Matt I Cousin found Sake. this really good place with, of all things, meatballs. I, I couldn't figure it out, but it surprised me in a great way. Let's take a story, Coach. I want to go see Nick McDevitt at MC Milton on Sea. He took me to a hot chicken place, Coach, and it's called 400 Degrees. The 100 Degrees have my nose and eyes watering, have my contacts pop out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> was jacked up, man. From the 100 oh, Degrees man, jacked me up. That's crazy. I'll tell you, no have, hot chicken for me. I'm retired from hot chicken. Keep me the ribs and shoulder. I'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're good to go, huh? <laughs> well, you, can't, you can't go wrong with those, that's for sure. Yes, Dave. But Coach Smith, I was going to talk to you, man. Got to have you in the show again in the fall, man. Congrats on a new new job, man. Hopefully you can come to Peace Jam. Hopefully you come to Peace Jam. Hopefully we'll see you there. If not, we got to catch you down the road, see you in person, man, because I love your energy, man. I look forward to seeing your team play. Hope you all can take down Eric Ann's boys out there in the mountain with West Conference this year, man. Uh, well, I appreciate it. We can't wait to get rolling, and I'll definitely be at the Peach Jam, so we'll hook up, all right? All right, Coach. See you there, man. Thank you always, Coach. Have a great one. We'll talk to you real soon, buddy. from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach T Will 24 or Instagram Travis L Williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, 
AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.